This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are three dads who are lifelong gamers, and today, like we do on every single Thursday, we will be breaking down recent gaming news that we found most interesting over the last week. I am your host, Paul, and joining me, he's calling in from Spain, where he's been trying to track down the president's daughter who's been taken by farmers infected with a zombie parasite. It's Josh. Hola, mi amigos. <laughs> that is Spanish, right? Spain? Yeah. Okay, uh, I yes, got it right. Yes. Mis amigos? You avoiding Las Plagas there, just, Josh? Dude, Las Plagas is weird, man. <laughs> oh, and then joining me and Josh, he is leading a squad of Marines investigating an alien outbreak on the moon. Hopefully no one in his unit dies, because if they do, it's game over, man. Game over. It's Michael. Man, you just totally stole a joke that I had in my doc notes for later on. I was going <laughs> to oh, say, if in I? this game they do not, like when you die permadeath, they do not have bill packs in there going, game over, man, <laughs> game over, and flipping out, that'd be awful. But if it's a team of Marines being led by me, of all people, let's be honest, it's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to make it home. Now, wh- wh- who has the worst situation in this case? Ooh, tough. Me with the crazy, like mind-possessed villagers or michael having to deal with aliens oh it's a lot of aliens. i feel like it's michael michael's got it the acid acid blood man that's enough just the acid blood enough i mean neither i i would not want to find myself in either of these situations to be honest but i do feel like creepy alien spaceships uh and having to deal with those things is probably much worse than just dealing with old villagers right (laughs) it's it's a more gruesome death with the aliens as well yeah that's true i guess (laughs) might be quicker though Depending. Depending on how it goes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I mean I've seen aliens. What if they like trap you in that goo stuff that they do? Oh yeah. That's or true. you get the, the chest burster and the face yeah. hugger. Yeah. No. No, right. we gotta move All on. Around. I'm scared. That's a dumb question now that I think about it. I'll take the villagers. <laughs> I'm getting scared. <laughs> I will too. <laughs> All right. So this week we had two very big releases. The Diablo open beta was available to everybody last weekend. Woo-hoo. And it had all classes available, including Necromancer and Druid. If you guys want to hear all our thoughts on Diablo, we did a bonus round all on the beta last week on Monday. And then the other release this week, which I've been very excited about, is the remake of Resident Evil 4. It did release, and it's going to be a future deep dive. Josh, I think you were able to get the jump start on this because you've been very di- diligent. You already have a lot of time in Pillars of Eternity, which I have been working my way through. 
How has Resident Evil treated you so far? I just want to say that you gentlemen should be jealous of my playtime yeah. with this game. Um, <laughs> I hope that you're green with Envy because I'm about, I, I want to say I'm about halfway through the game at this point. I got a decent bit of playtime yesterday. I'm just a little past, I think, like seven hours in. Um, I'd never played Resident Evil 4. Uh, I've admitted that ashamedly in the past, um, but it... I will say without being too spoilerly spoilery that the reviews that people are seeing and the praise that we are seeing, even our discord community, like do we have people gushing over this game in our, mm-hmm. on our discord right now? Um, I understand the thinking and the sentiments and the, the praise that this game is getting. Are you parrying like knife and axe throws in the air and all that? It's so satisfying. I love the parry system. I love shooting the crows because you'll, you'll always see oh, crows dude, along the path and you those you crows pop get them. slaughtered, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they, they drop like what are they called? Like pesetas or something? It's not uh, pesos, pitas, but something pitas? like it. Yeah, something. Like yeah, they that. drop money. <laughs> yep, yep. The crows drop money. Um, yeah, they're, they're. I'll be honest. It's just th- this game is surprising me and how well it's done. It has a little bit of that old school flair. Which mm-hmm. I I actually like, you know. I thought like, hey, maybe we've moved past this, but it's got that kind of throwback feeling that older gamers like us would would appreciate. But it's got all the modern things that I think younger gamers are going to be looking for and appreciating as well. So somehow they have managed to blend in like an old style feeling of a game with modern mechanics and quality of life stuff. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's perfect by any means. Like we can go into that um, when we do the deep dive, but I'm thoroughly enjoying my time with this game so far. Wow. Uh, big question here for you. Is it scary? Um, no, not uh, for me oh. so far. Now I, I have heard that when you get to the castle, that is where the game's horror elements come out a little bit more. Um, I am not there yet, but I am getting there. There's been a couple scenes where I look at something and I'm like, that's kind of grisly or gruesome, but <laughs> I would say that I don't feel like it as is like as horror of a game as I thought it was going to be so far. Okay, so I can play it. Good. I was wondering if I was going to sit this one out for you guys or if I was going to be, you know, my computer <laughs> being in my pants the whole time. So I, I can I, play this game. We're good. Yeah, I jokingly <laughs> asked Paul, who knows this game very well, like, is it as scary as Resident Evil Village with the big monster baby thing? And <laughs> so far, and again, I'm only about maybe halfway at the halfway point. So far, there's nothing in this that compares to freaky, freaky monster baby chasing you. But... I have heard people say, hey, it does get scarier as it goes. So we'll see. My favorite part of Resident Evil 4 is that they're trying to track down the president's daughter and they're like, let's send one guy. Right. <laughs> Instead of like, let's send in like an entire troop of Marines or something. Like, I don't know why we're sending in one guy to infiltrate. Yeah. But, you know, there's definitely some nitpicks, but I love it. The story's good. The gameplay is great. It was such a turning point for Resident Evil. And and yeah, 4 is my favorite. I can't wait to do the deep dive. Uh, Michael, before we jump into the next story, do you want to tell the people a little bit about why they should check out our Patreon? I love you. You love me. Patreon lets you send money to me. Head on over to <laughs> MultiplayerSquad.com. We promise it's not a con. Seriously, we love creating this show for you guys. And if you love us creating this show for you, consider supporting us. We are an independent podcast, which means we are not under the payroll of some giant publishers. So we got to pay for all this stuff ourselves. So to keep it going... 
If you enjoy the show, seriously, MultiplayerSquad.com, go over there, send us some money, starts, support starts as little as $5 a month. You get cool perks too, like extra episodes, uh, extra access to certain Discord channels, and a golden name if you go legendary, and uh, some cool things like if you do go legendary, you can pick any game for us to play. So seriously, go check it out, MultiplayerSquad.com. There is the plug. Done. Passing it back to you, Paul. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, I, I immediately regret my decision throwing it to Michael. <laughs> I, I want to see. I bet. My, did you write out that little ditty that you Ma- sang? Maybe. I, I was gonna say because if you came up with if you came up with that on the spot, I, I have some respect for your ability to uh, to I did, free, freestyle. I did write it up on the fly. Though. I didn't take like time to do it. I just typed it out real fast. Well, Paul basically said, "Hey, you want to cover Patreon?" I was like, "Yes, real fast." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know why Barney's stuck in my head, but let's do it." Oh, excellent. I wonder how many of our listeners know Barney. I guess you'd have to be like tw- at least 25 <laughs> and older. Uh, we are very cultured here. We cross yeah. many different age groups. <laughs> we are multi-generational. We yes. Yeah. What's next? Are you going to uh, song parody of Lamb Chops or something, Michael? Uh, that would never end. So we would have an hour yeah. and a half long episode. <laughs> All right. Next story. Let's talk about the Game Developers Conference. Oh. So this took place from the 20th to the 24th. We got what I would say is some truly amazing looks at what can be accomplished with Unreal Engine, especially now with it being 5.2. We got to see some gameplay trailers. We got to see tech demos and showcases. I'm not too sure where you guys want to start. Should we just talk about the 5.2 demo that shows the Rivian truck? Yeah, it's a great. good starting spot, to be honest. Yeah. I think that I think the flow that they did for this is good, and that is kind of where they they started a little bit. So. Yeah, so in this tech demo, they basically show photorealistic foliage, and the camera's passing through. You're kind of like out in the forest. There is a Rivian. Great product placement, by the way. They got front and center this entire tech demo. Right. But then they start to show off like the chaos physics, where the Rivian is driving, and you can see dust and dirt move out of the way of the tires. It's running over rocks that get pushed to the side. You see leaves and bushes get pushed out of the way. As this stuff gets better and better, I cannot believe how truly good this stuff is looking. No, I I had my mind blown a few times. You know, it's a bit of an off-road aficionado to see the physics in this when the tires are going over individual rocks and stuff and just moving them out of the way. Like, so incredibly well done. And one of the things I liked the most about it was how they really went into the procedural tools in this particular video, showing you like the different things you can do dynamically with the creation engine. I think it, you know, one of the things that it was just kind of moving like this big boulder and tree around and showing how the rest of the landscape kind of adapts around it. I think this is just one of those things that kind of shows what we're going to be able to do with just, you know, more uh, destructible environments later on down the road and just randomly generated terrain and so forth. It, uh, you know, it's just amazing capabilities. I could talk about this for hours, but that's that's one big thing I took away from it is what this is going to do for the future of gaming. It's not just a graphics overall. It's like this engine is from the ground up, like going to make it probably not only just easier for developers to make immersive worlds, but also much more dynamic and realistic. I was going to say, I mean, apart from the graphical fidelity of everything, like as gamers, that's kind of what we look at, right? Like, oh my goodness, look at this jungle that they're in and the foliage is moving as the truck moves by and it pushes, you know, bushes and plants out of the way and the rocks move and all that. And it's like, you know, we pay attention to those things because we're visually interested in what games are going to look like. But what I actually like about these demos is they pause for a second and they say, hey, look, here's the developer panel 
where you can see what the game developers are actually utilizing and what they're looking at and how this is making life simple and efficient for the game devs. And I always, that's a really neat aspect because you realize like, like Michael said, there's this giant like outcropping with a bunch of trees and bushes on it. And it's like they pick up that whole thing and they move it and they rotate it to a different spot. So now that the the Rivian can go around either side of it and they just they kind of display some of the tools that they're giving to game devs on this stuff. And I, I as somebody that doesn't know a lot about game development, I feel like this is opening up a whole new world. A whole new world. Oh, more than one of us can sing on this podcast you today. Know, so, but it's like, dude, like the future of gaming is freaking exciting right now. When they said just this one comment, 71 million polygons went into rendering that truck. I was like, I just went back to Tomb Raider with Lara Croft with like three polygons. And I'm like, this is the future. Oh, yeah. Well, and the fact that the procedural generating tools that in theory, at least, should allow developers to spend more time on story and character development and the true art side of things. That way, they're not bogged down in having to handcraft every single area. Let the procedural generation do most of it. Go around, check it out, tinker here and there. I would like to think that this will help drive down development costs, or they can at least shift resources. Because I feel like we've had a big shift away from storytelling in games lately, and I'd love for it to come back. And in case anyone's wondering, because sometimes the questions are like, well, what kind of supercomputer are they running this on? I wrote this they down. said in the tech demo, it's a 13900 processor and it is a 4090 GPU. So it is top of the line processing and, and GPU, but it is not anything that's like way outside the realm. Like this is all going to be available here for most people within the next couple of years. Yeah, it's not like they're using some super developer computer they're making movies on or something. This is a computer you could buy today if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a lot of money, but you could buy it. So any other parts of the state of Unreal you guys want to talk about? There was some stuff about like Project M. We got to see like facial animation stuff with Senua's Saga. Uh, anything in particular here that Dude, stuck out to you guys? I, I mean, honestly, I know we can't spend the entire episode on this, but the Senua's Saga facial yeah. capture was incredible to me because we have commented sometimes on older games or maybe indie games that don't have as high a development budget and stuff that a lot of times if the facial animations are really janky in some games, it, it's just a little weird. Like our brains kind of go, eh, like I get it. We've learned as gamers to kind of pass it off because again, we're used to five polygon characters and stuff like that. But this tech, they showed real-time facial motion capture, and this is the most realistic facial animations I have ever seen. This goes well beyond lips and teeth and eyes blinking. This is literally like the muscles around the mouth, the cheeks. I mean, for me, it was actually probably the most impressive demo just because of the level of quality and like fidelity that it, it it transmitted like while you're watching it. I felt like I was watching a human face going through this range of emotions. Yeah. I mean, one of the things they did was they literally took uh, a 30 second clip of the actress from Senwa's Sacrifice. I have her name written down somewhere. I was going to be respectful and actually say it. But anyways, she just said a couple of lines, right? And they took it on an iPhone. And in three minutes, you've got this fully rendered thing. There's no dots on her face. There's no camera in her face. It's literally just what you and I can do with her iPhone. And rendered it not only just with her face doing things, but they made her look like different ethnicities, different ages, cartoony, uncartoony, all within a few minutes. And... It was just, it was mind blowing what it could do in such a short amount of time. Again, 
to Paul's point earlier, it's just going to make it so that we can make better storytelling if we're able to this easily put things like these graphic fidelity pieces into the game. Just really impressive demonstration. And the turnaround is what is so great because they said oftentimes they have to render this stuff for weeks, maybe even months. And that's when you first get to see what these animations look like fully done. And here it's literally done in a matter of, of minutes. And so the fact that you're getting that immediate feedback it's just, it's so neat. It's so awesome to watch. Like the one, there, there were a couple of videos that kind of highlight the tech, but there's one where for a minute, I couldn't tell if I was looking at the voice actor or yeah. the animation. I yeah. literally couldn't tell. And then all of a sudden you can kind of pick up really minute details that show, but it's like indistinguishable at first glance. Well, they even said that they're going to use the sound from the dialogue to manipulate how like the tongue mm-hmm. works in animation like blew my mind Malina Jurgens, by the way is the name of the actress uh there you go yeah they also said that even just by placement of where your facial features are that the engine will anticipate how they think your mouth should move and they mix that with how it does move and i guess some kind of ai works all together mm-hmm. and they can do these animations but go check out these clips we can we cannot do it justice by talking about it Go look at this stuff up. Just search State of Unreal GDC for Game Developers Conference and you'll find it. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back and talk about Counter-Strike 2. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so right in the middle of the Game Developers Conference, Valve was not about to be uh, outshined by anybody else. They decided to release the least kept secret in gaming. Uh, Counter-Strike 2 is on its way. It will be out this summer. It'll be a free upgrade for CSGO players. It'll automatically carry over all cosmetics, which is pretty awesome. They overhauled maps. We got to see how some mechanics changed. How do you guys feel about this news with Counter-Strike 2? Never seen a video about smoke make me so excited before. <laughs> <laughs> a lot about smoke grenades. Yeah. I, it's funny because we talked about maybe what we thought some of the changes for Counter-Strike 2 would be. Uh, you know, we mentioned I, I had kind of play, planted my flag on destructible environments. And Paul, you said, oh, they're, they're going to change it maybe 1%. I, I feel like yeah. you're definitely right in this case because the, the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> highlight of this is like the way that smoke, be, smoke grenades behave. Now, it is yeah. really cool. I'll give them yeah. that, that. It is cool technology. But there's a little part of me that's a little underwhelmed when like these are some of the same maps. You still have DE Dust, you know, and, and some of these other maps that everybody knows and loves. It's been years since I've played Counter-Strike. Honestly, I, could, I feel like I could still go into any of these maps and know my way around. That's how iconic they are. But at the same time, it's like, dude, 
reactive smoke grenades. Cool. What else? And they're like, oh, updated lighting. And we're like, okay. But and there's smaller like, ticks in between the, the ride was, your, yeah. your movements. And then it's like smaller tick rates. Okay, cool. <laughs> like everybody hates lag and, and poor tick rate on a multiplayer shooter. But like, I'm not a pro. A, a 15th of a millisecond for me doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. So... I'll be honest, I know this is going to come across and there's going to be people that are like, oh, Josh, how could you? But I'm a little underwhelmed, man. Well, this is exactly what I thought we would see. The maps really do look better. They if do. you go on the website, you can actually have a little slider and you can move back and forth between the old maps and the new maps. And being under Source 2, it definitely looks brighter and crisper. I think those are like the two words I kept seeing everywhere. So the maps do look good. The grenades, I think, are somewhat controversial, but the way it now works is that the smoke grenades are volumetric, which means if you throw a smoke grenade, the smoke will fill the way it would fill in real life, but you can clear out a smoke grenade temporarily by chucking a grenade, which is going to blast gas around and clear the smoke, or you can start... Yeah, exactly. So having a counter to smokes makes a lot of sense to me because they're so relied on in, in, in CSGO. But then also you can shoot bullets through like the edges of the smoke and it'll clear a path through it so you can briefly see. Uh, some people aren't as crazy about that idea, but I do like the fact that they're working some counters with the smoke grenades and, and it looks great, but it doesn't look like a brand new AAA title. They want this to be able to be run by everybody. I and I get that. I I get that for sure. It's just been how many years since Counter Strike Go released to oh Counter Strike Two? Forever. I, I mean, at least a decade, right? You know. Yeah. And so it's just it's one of those things where I wish I had seen a little bit more of an overhaul. I get that you're not you you cannot change the beloved Counter Strike formula. I understand that. You know, it's just one of those, like, I I wish there had been, like, five more things along with the reactive smoke. Like, give us destructible environments. Give us something else. You know what I mean? As far as that goes. Like Michael said, give me gun attachments. So that it's, like, it's just a little bit more customizable. Something along those lines. All of this whining to to say that, I'll be honest, I'm (laughs) still... Like, like watching these videos really got me kind of wanting to play some Counter-Strike again. I know I'm going to suck. I know I'm probably not going to be very good anymore. But at the same time, it really did kind of make me miss that formula as well. Well, here's the thing, Josh. You're not the only one excited because daily, CSGO keeps hitting new all-time peaks on Steam. They said it again within the last 24 hours. Over 1.5 million people at the same time. So more and more people are getting back into CSGO because of this news. I think people want to dust off or uh, shake the dust off and get ready for the next one. Yeah. All right. Well, we would like to ask all our listeners to make sure to hit the follow button in your app so you don't miss any of our episodes. And also, please take a second to rate our show five stars in your podcast app and leave a written review if you have Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate it. All right, moving into our last story of the week. Courtesy of IGN, we got an exclusive official gameplay trailer along with a release date for Aliens Dark Descent. So this game takes place in the Aliens universe, which I love, although I will admit I largely ignored this title because I heard that it was a tactical game. And in my mind, I'm thinking XCOM. I don't really like games like that. Turn-based combat sometimes can work for me, But when it's more highly tactical, I just normally check out. But this time, now that we got to see gameplay, 
It's much more action oriented than yeah, I thought, sure. and I actually am pretty hyped about this one now. The, I, the dim- go ahead, Michael. I just uh, aliens. For some reason, I did not know that this was going to be like a RTS looking game as much as you know, like definitely much more action, obviously. But um, I this took me by surprise. I I was getting confused, like the VR alien title we're supposed to be getting, and so I saw right. it first. And I'm like, wait, what am I watching here? And I'm like, oh wait, this looks. This looks really cool. Looks a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm terrified already because aliens are scarier than zombies. <laughs> well, this is really neat because it's squad based. So you yeah. are basically in charge of this squad of Marines. You're trying to investigate what's happened here on the moon. And as soon as they said, but be careful, because if one of your Marines die, death is permanent and irreversible. And that's when I was like, oh, those are the kind of high stakes I like in games. I don't like getting super sweaty in games like Valorant or CSGO, but if you can give me a really interesting action-oriented tactical game where it kind of mixes that, but the stakes are high, that really spoke to me. I like the premise of this game. Um, the, the What you're talking about, Paul, is you have a squad, but you control the squad acts like one unit. So you don't worry yeah. about moving five different guys. You move your guy and the rest of the squad kind of reacts to you. And they're even saying that the game is very smart. So, for instance, if there is a door that is uh, that is locked shut, your demolitionist will just go blow open the door if you have one in your squad. Like that kind of thing. Like they know their jobs and they will do their jobs by nature good quality of life for a tactical game. Right, Right, exactly. I will say I'm a huge fan of the presentation of this game. It reminds me a lot of The Ascent, um, which I thought was a very neat game. It's a top-down, very atmospheric-type shooter. Um, This game looks to be very much in that vein. I like, I enjoy turn-based combat, but what they've done here is that it is not turn-based, but you can slow everything down. And they they made it a very good point to say, hey, with the touch of a button, you can slow time to kind of react and throw a grenade or, or, you know, figure out what you want to do before it speeds back up again. I think that's going to add to the excitement level a lot in this one. I didn't even know this game existed until you had linked the article. And then from watching the video, I got pretty hyped on this. I love aliens. I love the setting. I like this kind of combat system. I am torn on whether I like the permadeath of one of your squad mates or not. I played a lot of like Darkest Dungeon and some of these other roguelike games where it's like if you lose a party member, they're just dead forever. And yeah. it's kind of disheartening in one way to get a guy up to like level nine that you start mm-hmm. depending on. And then through some bad luck, that dude gets slaughtered. And then it's like, well, now I got to start over with a level one guy. You almost feel like you take a step back in that regard. But on the flip side, like you said, it really does up the stakes and the tension, which in an Aliens game, you really need that tension level. No, I absolutely agree. I think it'd be mostly annoying in most cases if you have permadeath with one of your squad members. You know, like you have a guy who's going out, your demolitionist, he's great, and then he dies, and you're like, I gotta find someone else in the team makeup to do this differently. But in an Alien game, I think it actually just works really well. Because it... You know, you want that. What you know, when you watch at least the first couple of Alien movies, there's always that just unease there of this. Oh, it's so like corporeal with just like you could die and it's done and then move on. And I think that I think it works in this. I, I absolutely hate that mechanic for most parts. You know, like when you talk about even like Diablo with uh, what's the uh, what's the permanent death one in that hardcore mode or whatever. Hardcore, yeah, I've never done stuff like that, but in this game, I actually got excited about that because of the fact that that's what you need from an alien story is is to have that just extra umph of not just scary but like permanent. 
Well, and it makes the game feel more true to the alien universe, right? right? Like, you, you're not going to get through completely unscathed in any of the alien movies, right? You're going to have characters die. You're going to have main characters die. So I, I like having that built in. To me, I think it tells really good stories when you lose characters like that. Some of my favorite memories of Sweet RimWorld <laughs> are my beloved characters that get killed in that game. And I never reloaded old saves because it's just part of the experience. They said a couple other things in this trailer that are a little bit different for a more tactical type game. They mentioned exploration and really large maps. There are side missions in these areas. So this is not just like one or two little corridors and it's super tactical or anything like that. It, it it's when when the combat slows down like Josh is mentioning, it's very akin to Forspoken when you're changing abilities. It probably drops to about what, maybe like 15% speed. And that's going to give you that time to issue all your tactical commands without it grinding the gameplay to a halt. So the fact that the combat's more action-oriented, you can explore, interesting storytelling. They seem to really get the atmosphere right, too. Like, the fog and the colors... I when I started watching this, I was like, I need to watch all the Alien movies again. It's been too long. It got me so much in the mood for more. Uh, One of the things that they showed, too, that I thought was really cool is when they're talking about the permanent death of a party member... The alien was dragging the dude away. Yes. Like this isn't just it. like he splatters in a blood pile. This is like this dude gets captured by yeah. the aliens, man, and you just watch him. Yeah, like uh, like the the atmos- the way that they've captured the atmosphere in this game is what is setting it off in my opinion. Like lots of games have done tactical combat. There's been top-down shooters and stuff like that, but I feel like they've really captured that sense of dread being inside an alien spaceship, not knowing what the heck you're going to come across. One scene, the guy is welding up a door like, you know, you're about to get assaulted by a bunch of aliens. So there's this like panic of like fortify everything. And you actually see the welder like welding the door shut. There is so much potential that this game has. And the way that they have presented it, at least in this trailer, feels top notch to me. This is the kind of game that looks like it will be a ton of fun. They just have to nail the combat portion of it, and it looks like they've done that. Yeah, as, as long as it's, you know, I mean, we're talking about a game that's really focused on combat more than the atmosphere. Like, obviously, all those elements are there. I have a lot of, I have a lot of uh, high hopes for this one. I think they'll nail the combat. I think it's going to be a great game. I think it's something that, uh, you know, will have good replayability. And you also don't have to wait long because it comes out in three months. I was going to say, it comes out June yeah. 20th. So this is not like waiting, you know, 20 years like we have been for Starfield and you get little morsels. (laughs) This was kind of just, here's gameplay and you haven't really seen anything in eight months, but here's the gameplay and it comes out soon. So I really love that. All right. Well, oh, and also just to mention as a side note, we don't have time to cover it today, but we did get some news that there's going to be a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yes. Darker video game made based on the graphic novel, The Last Ronin. It's supposedly going to be an action RPG in the vein of God of War. So that's all we've heard. We don't have anything else to go off of. But let's just say I'm I'm drooling already. (laughs) I'm beyond hyped because like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were the biggest thing in my life from age five to nine. So now approaching my 40s, I would love a dark take almost like The Witcher, but with a turtle. Take my money. Yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> How do you do that though with pizza and just some of the tropes that are in the Ninja Turtles oh, games? Because you, you get really rid of some of those cutesy tropes and you go the dark side, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to share any spoilers. I looked up some info on the Last Ronin, 
and it's like it's pretty dark yeah. i don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of pizza eating and, yeah. and party not, party not many calabongas getting thrown yeah. around <laughs> right no, not many right. calabongas yeah a lot less michelangelo a lot more donatello that's what we're saying yeah <laughs> uh that comment's somewhat ironic if you uh, go read up what <laughs> happens know. in the story all right well that wraps up everything for our show today thank you so much to everyone for listening and subscribing please make sure to check out that patreon page at multiplayersquad.com to get bonus episodes and to help us out and thank you to all our current patreon supporters as well And until next time, happy gaming. Uh, Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cowabunga, dudes!